All right, episode six, and we still don't have any proper intro. Uh, Why don't I you mean, play one of those little songs you're playing? What? No, because it's like copyrighted material. Man, they're not going to find shit. What are they going to uh, copyright <laughs> Copyright strike us so that we don't make any money? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not trying to fight that fight right now. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, uh, if, it's, if it's copyrighted, I am not messing with it on this podcast yet. Uh, but anyway, I think, uh, this one's going to be a little fun. We're going to talk about some of our favorite shows. Uh, you know, there's so many out there, obviously, you know, if you know me, I don't watch a whole lot of TV as is, but I have been trying to get better at watching some things here lately. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, you know. Movies, shows, all that good stuff. Entertainment. That's what we're all about here. Um, so before we actually get into that, uh, this past week, both presidents had a town halls ty- uh, stop type of, uh, not really debate, but it was just a thing on TV. Both presidents got to talk. I didn't watch either of them. Didn't really care to. I mean... At this point, we're two weeks out from the election. I'm pretty sure 95% of people know who they are voting for at this point, which is cool. I mean, you know, they just tell just once you get out there and vote. That's all. That's not really cool because you know it would be nicer if there was like a more of a divide of undecided I, voters. Like, wow, we can't. These two candidates are so great. We can't decide which one we want. <laughs> there's none of that going on no i mean i i agree with that sentiment though but uh, yeah it's it's very hard to be excited about politics or really anything in general right now so yeah um that took that took a dark turn yeah well i mean in all honesty i mean literally the only things i really look forward to are like D &D saturdays anymore that's about it because Boy, howdy, do we have a good one. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we need to discuss D&D like, on one of these coming up sometimes. Why don't we do it fucking now? Fuck the TV show thing. Or just talk about D&D? I mean, we can yeah, do that. Yeah, Lenny's not here. He doesn't know shit about D&D or anything cool. <laughs> um. Well, all right, if we want to pivot to that, I mean, I don't really have any, any notes on that, but who cares? I didn't have notes for the other thing anyway. No, you sure didn't. Um, Hey, speaking of D&D shows, um, Critical Role is uh, working with Amazon to create two seasons of an animated feature covering their adventure. Their first campaign, right? In their first campaign, yeah. yeah. So it'll be uh, covering storylines from before the actual stream started, and then hopefully just all the way up through to the end of campaign one. Yeah, and that's another, like that is really, like, I don't want to say... Like, because D and D's popularity is probably at an all time high right now. Um, yeah, and it's Maybe. amazing. Well, no, I mean the seventies. It was pretty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the seventies when it first came out. Yeah, because it was something new. People had never really played that type of game before. But I mean, there are huge celebrities that get into D and D now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that guy I really like, uh, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello that, yeah, so- Sophia Vargara's husband. Yeah. So yeah. he was uh, Al Seed in uh, True Blood. 
he has a D&D group with The Big Show and, um, hold on, let me just look. Yeah, Joe Magnino's yeah. D&D group. He's got, he like, he was even on Stephen Colbert's Tonight Show, like, talking D&D with him one night. And Stephen was yeah. like, oh, yeah, you want to, like, come in my house, start talking D&D? And, oh, Vince Vaughn's in his D&D group. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's another, that's one that blew me. Like Vince Vaughn playing D and D, like that. I I never expected that. I, it didn't surprise me. You know why? Because I find that Vince Vaughn is is uh, similar to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wow. Oh my god! I wish I could send you this picture of their fucking the maps that they use. Holy shit! But as as he was talking about just a little bit ago with that critical role. Uh, basically, Omeganello's stuff is called Death Saves. By the way, check yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they also he also promotes a a uh, a water from Austria that's in cans called De- uh, Liquid Death. So it's pretty good. I mean, it's water. I've tried it. It's water. Like, it is water, I, but it is also in a can. I'd and rather just I'd rather just drink some Deer Park. But, yeah. uh, what, about that, what about that Deer Park apple juice? You ever tried that? No, I haven't. You find it on the side of the road sometimes. <laughs> and it's like apple juice, but it's in a deer park bottle. It's pretty nice. Mm. But anyway, uh, as he was saying about Critical Role, basically, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Critical Role, it is what? A group of... Voice actors. Yeah, well, five, yeah, I was trying to think of how many there were. Six of them? Well, they, they have guest stars and they switch in and out. Well, uh, and then yeah, Ashley Johnson's only there like half the time. There's like, yeah, because there's uh, Talison. Talison Jaffe, um, yeah. Liam O'Brien, um, uh, uh, Sam Marcia, Regal, Marisha Ray, who is from, uh, anybody listen to this in uh, Mount, Washington? Mount Washington? She's from Mount Washington. She is. Uh, uh, Matt Mercer is the, the DM. DM. Yeah. And uh, we got Travis Willingham. Yeah, and... He was the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, I think that's uh, the core. His wife, Laura Bailey. Laura yeah. Bailey. So, yeah, it was like a group of like six or seven of them that are like regulars. Yeah. And... So, like, for the nerds out there who listen to our podcast, uh, Laura Bailey is the voice of Jaina Proudmore on World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> and the guy with the big horns, I forget his name, starts with an I. That was Liam O'Brien. Uh they're basically all of them are in World of Warcraft and Gears of War and things like that. Yeah, they do a lot of video game and. Uh, oh, Ashley Johnson game. is uh, the one of the stars, the main uh, girl in uh, Last of Us. Last of Us. Yeah, she's Ellie or L or whatever. But anyway, but, they do they do D and D like as good as it can be done, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, for real. Uh, I watched a lot of the second campaign, and then I kind of just waned off about episode 30 or so, and now they're at like 112 or 113 or something like that. Mm. Um, But yeah, every Thursday night on, well, I think Twitch and YouTube. No, it's not on. It doesn't go on YouTube until Monday. You sure? Because I thought they YouTube-lived it as well as Twitch. Like. But either way, I know it's on Twitch. Could have I thought it was on YouTube live? Like I thought they did a live broadcast on YouTube as well, but maybe not. Nope. But definitely, definitely on Twitch. Uh, yeah, group of them. They play D and D Thursday nights. Uh, I think they get started around what, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock our, our time because they're out in California. Seven o'clock their time. 
Yeah, and they go for a good, generally three to four hours plus. Uh, very, very entertaining most of the time. Um, I just kind of, I don't know, I don't. I think when I stopped watching, it was mainly because. I really don't know why. I just kind of stopped. But I think you got tired of having to. Um, well, I think that was like. Long. Well, no, it's because we, because like for the past two years, we had been trying to like pretty much put together a campaign of some sort, and first it was Pathfinder. And then it was like, well, I guess we're going to try D&D 5E, which is the fifth edition that came out about 2014, I think is when it came out. And I think when us trying to like pretty much put together our own campaign was a big part of why I just stopped watching that. But I'm, yeah, their fan base, like as he mentioned, they had a Kickstarter. And it, oh, yeah, it, that's it blew through everything so quick. Like they were they wanted, like, they like a two million or a million dollars to make yeah. a couple, like an intro episode for an animated show. And they ended up getting funded for a full season, $11 million crowdfunded yeah. for a full season of the show. Uh, just by fans, regular ass fans. Um, which, I mean, they might've had like some big donors in there. They might, you know, who knows? But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, got I'm their sure full first season paid for. They could have made it by themselves, uh, but instead they made an even bigger deal with uh, Amazon Prime Video to uh, to do two seasons. Um, and basically, they just get to pocket that money and uh, and move on. the The way that they can get around that, as far as like Kickstarter rules and stuff, is that they say they'll just give the Kickstarter fans, you know, something special. And, Everybody moves on with their life. Yeah, and like that, it just the fact that it made so much in a month. Like I was, I, I knew, yeah, D and D had a like its fan base and critical role and all that. But the fact that so many donated so much, I was just like, wow, you know, this is really a lot bigger than I thought it was. So quickly too. And, yeah, you know, and. And I, I think if you're if well okay so let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, if you're not really really familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, um, it is a I want to say basic role playing game, but that's I mean really what it you get a set of dice, which are a d20, a d4, a d6, a d8, a d10, another d10 that's in percentiles uh, that goes to one hundred. Uh, D12, and you choose a race for your character, you choose a class for your character, and depending on... Backstory. Well, yeah, I was like, depending on your DM, uh, sometimes they would like a backstory to your character so that they can incorporate it into the campaign, which... Speaking of which, I just just, um, read about this new... uh, Not really new, but a a way of doing backstories um, because with um, some of the campaigns I've had, I've been in a part of in the past um, and even somewhat this campaign that I'm running um, a big issue is uh, for the DM and the players is like, why am I with these people? And um, 
at the end of the day, you have to just say, you know, sometimes you just have to say, well, I just want to play the game. So with this character, so I'm in with these people. Uh, but from a role playing standpoint, that gets really difficult sometimes. Um, so a way I saw a way to get around that is by when a, the person creates their character, um, you do a session zero with all the characters or all the players, and then they have to work out how they're related to each other from the get go before session one. And that just kind of prevents, um, you know, Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, we just happened to meet at this tavern. And, yeah. and that, yeah, uh, strengthens the bond. So that way, when the rogue stabs somebody, some child and <laughs> takes its, <laughs> takes its candy or, um, you know, the, the paladin won't let anybody steal anything or something like that. There's no issues like that going on. Yeah. And I, like, as, with the backstory that you create for these characters, uh, because up until our session that we had last night, we hadn't really been able to incorporate it. But now that that's actually kind of coming twofold into our campaign, I think not only is it going to make it a little more uh, personable for like all of us, but it's going to bring like another like, oh, snap. Like, who is this character? And like, well... We thought they were somebody. Turns out they were somebody else, and it just adds a whole another. I don't say element of surprise, but maybe like I don't know, tension or. I mean, you could be like double surprised. <laughs> yep. So, for example, uh, you know, somebody's brother might show up, and then somebody in the party just claims to be that person's brother <laughs> instead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And then that totally confuses the hell out of another one of the characters. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, and the thing with D&D, though, it's like when you're playing, you pretty much embody that character. It's like you like speak as that character. You like, obviously, you're not going to break down a door IRL, but and it's almost saying like, you know, you say, I want to break down this door. But I'm sure there are some people that talk in the the first tense or whatever third first person first person. Uh, yeah. third, third no third person would be like Brock he, wants to break down the story. Yeah, like first person is I. Uh, I think third person is what they them. Mm. I think no third person would just be like he she, he, she. like. I think third Jacob person wants to break down the store. Josh walked across the street. Uh, once, yeah, third person pronouns: he, she, they, him, her, his, her. Yeah, okay. And first person is I. You know, we. Second is you. So yeah, mm -hmm. I can see how a lot of people would use first and second uh, person pronouns, and when playing D anD. d yeah. Because, like I mentioned, they see themselves as the character they're playing. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that level it yet. It makes it easier to distinguish, you know, who's saying what at what time. Because, like, Bob can say something like smart-assy and interrupt my uh, the speech that the big bad is giving. Uh, and then he can be like, oh, no, I didn't say that in-game. Uh, because it would have got him killed if he had said mm -hmm. it in-game. And that just, like... 
completely interrupts the flow of the big bads thing and he has no consequences for it because he's just like oh my character didn't actually say that yeah uh so like the first group that i campaigned with if you wanted to say something out of character you would just like stick your hand on your on your forehead and that would be out of character uh things like that yeah and that's and that's the thing because like as you're discussing amongst yourselves at the table like 90 percent of the time that is what is being discussed in game. And I think sometimes we tend to forget about that. And it's like, oh, shit, we've been talking about so-and-so right mm-hmm. next to these other you characters. Sure, you sure have. <laughs> Many times. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, we just totally uh, talked about this plot to kill them right in front of them. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. And it's, Nobody it's said happened. we need to step away or anything like that. And you have yeah. to like say stuff like that, or else the uh, the bad guys they can they if you're standing in front of them talking about how you're going to kill them, they just wait and look at you and laugh and wait till you're done talking, and then they kill you. Well, they or try, try to. to. Yeah, try yeah, try to. Try to. Brock can take the heat, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a uh, very uh, social, very. Uh, it's a very good form of escapism. Um, I think that's why I enjoy it so much is because like, it, like I get to forget about everything else while I'm playing D and D and everything and- in the game while you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, I mean, and that's one of the things with D and D like you get so much information. It really, it does help to take notes as you're going through the, but here, really lately, I mean, me and a couple of the players have gotten kind of lazy in that. Yeah. We, we don't take as many notes as we nope. used to. Uh, thankfully, there is one person that, Kimmy, that still, for the most part, takes notes. Uh, and when it's important, just like, there'll be important characters with important plot points that <laughs> give you information. And then later on, you're just like, well, we're in this town. I wonder what we're supposed to do. And then, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, the like once the DM gives you that information, like, they they do not have to be like, I mean, you learned this information three, four, five sessions ago. If, uh, you know, you didn't write it down or you don't recall what it was, then, yeah, because you are your character, pretty much, uh there's going to be either consequences or you're going to miss out on some fat loot or, you know, something like that. Because, Hey, obviously I, was, I, yeah. I wasn't paying enough attention or not taking it seriously enough to warrant remembering what we were being told. Uh, or you could just do the strategy that you guys do and it's just kill everything you see and then no. walk around looking yeah. for shit afterwards. <laughs> We, to, we okay. There is a term of in D and D called murder hobos, and we are not that. Um, uh, basically, what that is is you kill for the sake of killing, and then yeah, loot bodies and areas and whatever, looking for trinkets or weapons or gold or silver or whatever in game. And he says we murder every. We do not do that. We. The bad guys that come at us, yeah, we murder them with a quickness. But, uh, yeah, just regular old townsfolk that 
might not have any information for us or what we're looking for, we don't just up and kill those people. Like he's he's making it seem like we're murder hobos and we're not. <laughs> I mean, but like you guys forget what you were supposed to be doing, and they're like, "Well, yeah. guess we'll kill all these things," or you'll have a really bad conversation with somebody. And nobody like understand. Like, it just what, did, what was the question about the? Uh, There's a question about the door, or something. Mm. And you asked the big troll, the the big troll of forearms. Like, can we? It was Kimmy, I think. Asked, can uh, something about oh. the door? And he was like, Yeah, that's what doors are for. Like, get the fuck out of my. What is what is wrong with you? Well, yeah, because I mean, well, no, my dude tried to open it because I mean, a we were our we had arrived at a travel lodge, and you know you expect a lodge to be it's not open. a travel lodge. It was never a travel lodge. What was it you called? That's saying that in game, and it was not a travel. It was just it was a hunting lodge. Whatever, whatever. Same difference. It's not. But it's, a lodge is a lodge. This lodge was full of things that wanted to hunt other things, and. Well, and obviously, yeah. And we were under the impression as a group, like, oh, you know, this is a, a lodge that people could just come to and spend some time, you know, yeah. maybe even. That's exactly what night. they were doing. There was a group of five mind flayers that were doing that exact thing. Yeah, I'm sure they were, but. And they just wanted to hunt some folks. Yeah. And so, yeah, our char- our characters are not the brightest. But boy, they do sure make for some entertainment. Uh, <laughs> and okay, yeah, well, and then one of them picked a fight with the demigod that she was worshiping. Well, yeah, that okay. So a little, a little information about the characters that we play in our campaign that we are playing right now. Uh, Jacob is our DM, which I am going to go ahead and shout out what a great job he has done because when we first started the campaign. I am not going to lie. I was really, really, like, weary about, like, is he really going to be able to do this? And I, I have been pleasantly surprised the entire time. Well, uh, that was a backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you, you really have done a great job, especially, like, because Jacob takes pride in trying to, like, uh, he wants to be able to do voices and stuff for different characters. None of us are even remotely good at that. And he has even sought out some of our friends that, like our friend Abby, that is is an actor and trying to get voice lessons and all. And he just, yeah, I mean, Jacob has done a great, great job, and it's, uh, I'm glad, I'm I'm glad for it because it makes it makes our D and D sessions uh, makes them you know worth looking forward to, and but well, you don't get inspiration for that. Well, I'm <laughs> you would have if you had left out the pleasantly surprised. Well, <laughs> I mean, you could have just to been be, like, I knew we were going to do great. To be fair, anybody that knows you, though, like that, they would probably say very, very similar things. Um, but anyway, our characters. I mean, Lenny we, would. <laughs> uh, the characters that we currently play. Three of us play humans. One, I play a human barbarian. Uh, our Bob plays a human rogue slash wizard. I think yeah. he's got two levels uh, in wizard now. Yeah, Kimmy plays a human sorcerer. 
And then Jack, who uh, joined us probably about, I don't know, a little, little over halfway through the campaign so far. Cause uh, yeah, I'd say about that now. He is a, uh, what is it? Not a giant. What is, uh, trying to remember. He's a Goliath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He is a Goliath paladin and paladins, true paladins, not uh, oath breakers or anything like that are lawful good to their deity. So obviously, uh, for some of us that don't play, uh, straight good characters, like, you know, let's say tension happens, but you got to be careful with a lawful good character in your party when you've got a chaotic evil character in your party. But you know. I mean, there's been absolutely no problems between Jack and Bob's characters. The only so problem, so the far, problems are with Kimmy's character and Jack's character, and then Bob's character and Kimmy's character. Well, okay, and see, all right, with Kimmy's character being a sorcerer, she had also had taken uh, a divine, what would you call that, divine? Like a, like a, it's a subclass of sorcerer that allows for cleric spells, basically. Yeah, so she would, uh, I don't say be at the mercy of a divine being, but sort of. Like, she had to pretty much respond to whenever, like, a divine, this particular divine being would, like, not really have a seance with her, but that's kind of what it was. It's like, hey, I need to speak to you. Commune. Uh, yeah. Generally referred to us. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but overall, it's it's a very interesting group of characters. Uh, especially, like, I, I play my character is he's not necessarily lawful good. He's He is chaotic good. Uh, and he tries to be a good, like, the best person that he can possibly be. Uh, Bob's character is a little more... Looks out for himself more so than others, but he's still willing to help the team, obviously. And uh, Kimmy is kind of... She started off chaotic neutral, but I think she's almost like borderline chaotic good at this point. Just because, like, for to be um, chaotic, I think if she was a little, if her character was a little less self-centered, I think yeah. she, she might be more chaotic good. But I think she's she's still in law in the uh, chaotic neutral. I, I mean, I agree with that. She hasn't, done, she hasn't done anything to merit me making her cha- change her alignment. No, yeah, I mean, she hasn't done anything evil. She hasn't done anything necessarily like for the greater good but i don't know it just seems like here here lately the way things have been going like she's almost trying to be but we'll see i mean we'll trying see we'll see how good or evil good oh yeah we'll see about that yeah yeah say so, yeah, so we'll see how cuz i mean that's the thing with D&D cuz you never know what to expect with your next session like who's going to do what what the DM is going to have planned for you. Uh, sometimes you got to remember like exactly where you were at the, to pick up from. Um, and there's just so many, I want to say little things, but there's just so much 
information across the board that you got to keep track of. For first-time players, grab yourself some one set of dice, a printed out off of the internet character sheet, pick the fighter class, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and get yourself a little little bitty notebook because uh, a fighter, you know, isn't going to be. I say, yeah, for a first-time player, a fighter probably would be one of the easier classes to play. Yeah, everybody should always play a fighter first, and then go from there. But uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm gonna be honest though. Uh, the the homebrewed campaign that we played a couple few years ago with JJ, uh-huh. the the Game of Thrones campaign, which uh, what JJ had did was he took pretty much the the uh, Game of Thrones from the beginning of the show. Not, I think like, he more so kind of, because I know he was more familiar with the books as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just basically took took our Pathfinder campaign, which is, which is another way of saying Dungeons and Dragons. It's another, it's a 3.5 rule set. Yeah, it's just, it's a different variation. So basically, it just threw us into the world of the books, starting from the events of before Robert Baratheon died, and then he kind of just threw us into the world and let us make make our own decisions, and threw us in front of this character and that character, and we ended up stabilizing all of Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Baratheon never died. Everything in Westeros was just like top notch. And then, like one of our characters, I don't know which one, was just like, all right. Let's go to Essos and see how uh, Daenerys Targaryen's doing and see if she needs any help. So we go over there and start helping her and like. Well, let's see. Okay, we just see, created think... too much stability in the world and uh, nobody was able to do anything. And that's the thing. Like I, at that in that campaign, I was playing a, a, a halfling bard, and because what we was his had name? his name was Flim Flam Barnigan, and <laughs> I still love that character to this day. I, I what was that playing? You were a sorcerer or something. Oh no, no, I was. Uh, that was the Arcanist. Yeah, you were. Yeah, that's Arcanist. the one I was talking about with the uh, with the the crazy amounts of magic missiles. Yeah, but I, I believe my character was he was either lawful good or neutral good or he was some form of good because when everybody had talked about hey you know let's go to Essos uh, see what the Targaryen is up to. My character being lawful to the king because, like, you know, our, our king has done nothing to betray us. Like, why do we want to go over to this other continent where we know this family is trying to overthrow our king? And at that point, well, at that point, she hadn't been. She just, we no, were but just- that's, we were, we had gotten word that's what she wanted to do, though. That's why no, that's, they, that's what he thought. That's what Robert Baratheon thought. But he was wrong because she wasn't doing anything. She was just a little girl. Well, yeah. And by the and time we got over there, she had she had started sacking, um, started sacking cities right when we had gotten there. But she had no, she had no, uh, she had her sights on Westeros. But yeah. That once we got once we got to Marine and got that all handled, there was literally nothing that we could uh, do. And it was just, uh, JJ was about to move away and, uh, everybody was, we were all about to quit. So I just, I blew this horn that's supposed to control dragon because I was a tiefling. (laughs) I thought maybe with my fire resistance, I could blow it and not die, but I died anyway. Yeah. But his, his home, his, 
I say his ability to improvise with just the changes that we made, I thought were very, very well done. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a little bit, that's a little bit easier. Just, just picking a, like a, a well, fictional, pre, a fictional pre- realm that's already yeah. built and you can yeah. just, which is why I wanted to do uh Tamriel, which is uh, Skyrim, Elder Skyrim and Elder Scrolls stuff, because that way, I would already have like maps for every town. I would have shopkeepers in every town. I would have all that stuff already ready for me, characters, things like that. And then I can just put my own flavor on it and it makes it a little bit easier. But right, right now we're doing tyranny of dragons, um, module. And, uh, up until recently I've been constrained by the, uh, um, the book, yeah, the Horde of the Dragon Queen section, which is uh, ends with the crashing or not crashing of a um, giant, <laughs> giant, a giant uh, sky ice castle in the sky. Bob, and, wanted, uh, Bob wanted to crash that castle so bad. Like, <laughs> well, there was reasons that he wanted to crash. The castle, oh, I know. But, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you can either you can take the cat. There's possibility of taking the castle over yourself, and like that being your base of operations. There's a damn um, for yeah. I should have known that. I would have. I would have attempted. No, no, my dude's good. He wouldn't have done that. There's a you know you can give it back to the giants, and then um, basically the giants are on your side. You can, um, uh, which you guys almost accomplished, uh, but. <laughs> Just had some wrong, some inappropriate conversations in front of them the entire time that they were there, standing in front of two giants. Like, are we gonna? I need to kill this these guys no. later on so that we can crash this castle. What? Well, we're gonna crash the castle? What? <laughs> I'm gonna take I mean, that gem. We're gonna steal that gem. That's a lady's no, soul. That that was that was 99 all Bob. Like, I yeah, I know, I, but I mean, somebody in the party was still having these saying these things in front of the giants all the time. And, that, and that's the thing, like, when you have one, so I, like I mentioned how he, uh, not honestly, not necessarily looks out for himself first, but he definitely has his own interest in mind before the rest of the parties. But it seems when he's heavily outweighed three to one, he doesn't seem to get to do or get away with a, a lot of the things he would like to. Because, I mean, he, yeah, tried, he wanted to steal that gym, which was basically the the engine or the catalyst that kept this castle in the sky. And it's like, no. I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody has any context for any of this stuff. They're just like, what is this? They're going to be like, what is this gibberish that they're talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, there's probably going to be like two or three people that are like, oh, I get it. It's D&D, you know, magic shit. But. Yeah, everybody else is just gonna be like, "Man, this is some like really nerdy shit." And you know what? I don't care because I love it. Right, but I, also, even if they like nerdy shit, they're just still not gonna have any context for like the different things that we're talking about. I mean, yeah, this is true, unless they've played that campaign, which is very, very, very <laughs> unlikely. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I've been reading about some of the other ones, like that Curse of Strahd and uh, Curse of Strahd is really, really good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like I've heard like a lot of people really like that one. 
Um, and there was another one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I emailed myself. I'll look it up later. But yeah, there's like so many pre. I want to say like pre-made campaigns that if you're kind of weary about if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons and you think you would be interested, um, there buy, are buy the starter kit. Yeah, the starter kit. It takes, you, it takes you down a road with some goblins, and you have to investigate a crime scene. And at the end, there's some stuff, and you go through a little tunnel system. It's very, very basic, bare bones D and D. They have pre-made characters for you in there. You're ready to go. And that's okay, and that's another thing I want to uh, mention uh, with D and D. Like the limits of the game are pretty much only limited by. A, what your character can do, or B, your imagination. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I want my character to attempt this. Okay, well, roll for it. And that's going to be 90% of like what you do with your character. Like, I want them to attempt this. I want them to attempt to do that. And you will roll well, a, de- a lot of that. De- is yeah, and that's ba- a lot of that has to do with either what the book says is the difficulty of the task. Or what the DM determines the difficulty of the test being. So, for example, that large giant, uh, the large ice castle we were talking about with the giants in it. There's a door in there that requires a strength check of like 30 something or 70 something or something like that. Basically indicating that only a giant can open it or someone who's really strong or has the, you know. Yeah, super, literally superhuman strength. And um, if one of my characters says, Hey, I want to open the store. I'm like, okay, go ahead and try. And they roll a natural 20 strength check and they have a plus six modifier. That's only 26. It's not enough to open the door, even though they got a natural 20, which natural twenties are like the best. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. They can't do that. But if one of my characters wants to, um, jump onto a floating log going down the river, I'll say, okay, roll a, acrobatics or athletics check your choice and they use their strength or their dexterity to get themselves to the log that's floating down the river um and it's just it's just things like that um we could do a we could get a couple of people on here maybe you tyler and lenny and we could just run an audio campaign like a like you know oh i mean yeah because i mean even yeah like as we mentioned the critical role earlier they turned their they turn their videos into podcasts just for people to listen to. Uh, yeah. since you don't, visually, you, don't really- visually you don't even have to do anything. The first campaign of Pathfinder I ever played was um, 100% no, no character representation, no nothing. It was just us talking and kind of approximating where we were in relation to other things. I mean, I mean, if we can like, yeah, create like a short one shot, like, I would absolutely be down yeah, to do a, that. So people that are like, I'm kind of interested in D and D, but I w- really don't know like where to begin in terms of a group or anything like that. Cause I mean, if, to be honest, if you want to have like a legitimately good time with it, first and foremost, it, it's all going to like, it all falls on the DM. Cause a, if you have a bad DM, nobody's going to have a good time. Like, it's just not going to happen. And secondly, it, it depends on the group that you're playing with. Because if you don't know anybody, or if you're like, I want to say get anxiety in social settings, then it's like, 
you're not going to be able to I'd say role play as your character, but it will probably be a lot more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like, that's like the whole basis of D and D. And it's just, I don't know. I just think, you know, that's like some of the most fun parts for me anyway. Yeah, I've got three um, little mini one-shot campaigns ready to go. We could just... Tyler needs to learn how to play anyway. We can just uh, throw him on here, throw Lenny on here. You guys make some characters on D&D Beyond really fast. And uh, everybody bring their dice and their dice trays to their computers, and we can just do an audio campaign, one-hour session, no problem. Maybe probably a two-hour session. Yeah, I mean, we'll play until we're done, I guess. And then we can put that on the podcast as like a bonus feature. We don't even have to make it an episode. Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely be down for that. Um, but yeah, I just like D&D has been around since what, like 1970? As a matter of fact, I we should just do the, the campaign that's the little one shot that's in the starter pack anyway. Yeah, be, I mean. Yeah, that would be a good one. That would be, especially for like something because people listening would, uh, they would have a better idea if they wanted to run it. They'd have a better idea of how to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more people that get into it, uh, I don't more know. More minis there are for me to buy. Yeah, right. And that's another thing. Uh, the miniatures, a lot of them are just, and I don't want to sound like super nerdy about this, but I'm probably going to. A lot of them are just so cool, and and now just would give you shit for saying that. <laughs> nah, because I just found uh, I, well, it was brought to my attention about a month ago. The site called Hero Forge, where you can legitimately design your own personal miniature to look how you want it to look. Uh, you can even color it, uh, and it will. You can order it uh, printed colored already so you don't have to paint it but uh it's just and i've got like ideas for like five or six different characters already that i just want to order but they are a little pricey because you know they're custom made uh, 3d printed Uh, i think the cheapest option is the basic plastic option and i believe that's 19.99 and the one that jack recently got is the premium plastic and it's a solid black miniature, but it's ready to be painted. Uh, I think that was twenty nine ninety nine. But the detail on his is incredible. Like he got it to not this last night session, but I think the previous session was when he first got it. I think, uh-huh. and yeah, it just he showed it to us. I was like, holy shit, that's from that website. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be ordering some when I get paid. Um. So like yeah, if you like if you're anything like me and you get like I don't know, like you want your mini to represent your character to a T, that website you can do that. And it just it blows my mind the flexibility for creating a miniature on that website. Yeah, and they took into account that most of the time if you're running a campaign, I mean campaigns can last 6 months, 1 year, 5 years. The longest campaign I played in was five years long and um if you we didn't use miniatures and things in that but i mean if you want your uh if you're gonna be playing with your character that long and and the and the campaign you're in uses miniatures i mean you're gonna want your you're gonna 
you can save up yeah. 10 bucks, 10 bucks a paycheck for, <laughs> for, you know, a little bit and buy yourself a miniature that looks exactly like your miniature. Absolutely. Or, like your character. And on, on, to be honest, if I would have known about this like three three months ago, I would have already done already had one bot. Uh, just because a because the way I play my character, I don't think I have to worry too much about him being totally killed off. Uh, which is a thing in D anD D. Like if your character gets killed, it's not like like hey, you can just bring him back. Nah. Yeah, you guys always freak out about dying. <laughs> We're gonna die. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. And nobody is even like. Maybe no, we've, got, we've had one person actually go on time. Uncon- yeah, that yeah. was Kimmy when she ran into a room. <laughs> like, if you are, if you have ten hit points and everything else around you has fifty hit points, don't run into rooms. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Just because I mean, we don't know what you're going to throw at us, so I think that just kind of like gets us off our guard. But yeah, the. When you've been playing this one character, like, because we, we started back in what? Jail. Now, when Jacob says he played the campaign for like five years, we were taking, like, because we meet every other Saturday. So we're basically meeting once every two weeks. So when he says, like, yeah, I played a campaign for five years, it's not like he's saying. Well, that, know, was, that was weekly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not saying, like, they met multiple times throughout the week or because, you know, somebody's here is, oh, five years, Jesus Christ. Like, how do you have the time to do that? Like, no, like for us, we meet once every other weekend and we usually play between four to five hours, Saturday evenings. And like that gives us our fix pretty much. Uh, yeah, but and we're going to play, you, we're going to play, start playing early on Halloween at like what, <laughs> four o'clock. Yeah, we'll have to, yeah, three or four. But uh, when you've been playing this particular character for is, oh, shoot. Nine months, well, nine months every other weekend now, and it's like you, yeah, you want a miniature that what you envision your character to be, and like I'm just really, really excited to finally be able to get mine ordered here in the next couple weeks, and then I gotta wait three I mean, weeks. Why didn't you I- just can't you just get a barbarian with a loincloth? I is mean, it, isn't there a barbarian <laughs> with a loincloth somewhere at Wayne's shop? I mean, I looked uh, on Amazon, I looked on eBay, I looked all over the place. and But that's more to it than just the loincloth. It's like the stuff that the shield and the axe that he's carrying. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, colors, the colors that I have picked out for him are pretty much how I envision his character. Th- or this character. Yeah. You got packages? Yeah, it was my uh, boom arm for my microphone. Boom arm! Yeah, finally. This should be fun. I still got to get a shock mount, though, for the uh, microphone. Because it means if if the boom arm jiggles or anything, the shock mount prevents the microphone from, like, picking up any of the noise or any of the... Well, uh, for some reason, when I move my microphone, like scooted across the table, it stops. Like you can't even like I'm scooted across the table right now, and you can't hear the rumbles. I mean, I heard, I heard, like, well, I heard you scoot it, but I mean, that's just it's a quality. It's a hundred and thirty dollar microphone, man. It better not like. But anyway, uh, as we were saying, <coughs> what was I saying? I don't even remember. Uh, before I was 
interrupted. Well, that that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, with D and I mean, shit. I don't know. I was well, I know I'm talking about possible. I know I was talking about one of my favorite moments of D and D was um, we uh, we were trying to break into the city that had steel doors, and the DM made it very clear that we could not get into these steel giant steel gates. He wanted to make he wanted to make that well known that we were going to have to have the battle outside of the gates. And I said, you know what? I'm going to summon an ankylosaurus, which if anybody doesn't know their dinosaurs, it's the dinosaur with a big club tail. And I just kept summoning ankylosauruses that just from like, I used uh, this thing called distance spell, which makes it to where you can cast from really far away. Um, and I would summon an ankylosaurus to just like hit this door until it died. And then I'd summon another one to hit the door until it died. Eventually just like opening the door. <laughs> And it's just like fun things like that, the way like characters being creative about things. Um, and and some of the- si- simple things like uh, when you're fighting in darkness <laughs> and you're a bunch of humans that can't see in the darkness and in the middle of the fight, your barbarian goes, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my action to light a torch. And then nobody's fighting at a disadvantage anymore. <laughs> it's just it's just fun things like that or like yeah. uh one of the characters saying i don't wear pants so wear <laughs> no no uh i i'd asked if uh so and so charmed the pants off of you and she said i don't wear pants and i was well me neither right <laughs> that was the best and yeah it's just like small conversation quips or some or actions that you know you just don't get to do IRL or like when I, and when we were in our Game of Thrones campaign, when I couldn't remember the dude's name, and I was like, I want to fight the fight guy. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody just died laughing because it was like, well, yeah, everybody here is a fight guy, and it's like, no, you know who I'm talking about, like the main one, the big one, like yeah, that was uh, that was your <laughs> second character. What was his name? I don't even, I don't remember what his name was. He, he didn't. He didn't have my heart like Flim Flam did. <laughs> I just. Probably. I. I love bards. Like I think bards are one of the funnest ones to. Play. And you don't have to. And the thing with bards though is like you don't have to play the overtly horny, overtly sexual. I mean, I'm kind of doing that used to with my barbarian. Um. But yeah, that's a yeah. Like bard. Tell him why you're not doing that. <laughs> Tell him why you're not being overtly sexual with your barbarian. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Go on, tell him. Uh, yeah, he slept with a, a character that turned out to be a grell, which if you don't know what a grell is, it's basically like a half octopus, half brain. Like, yeah, with a beak. <laughs> with a beak. And it was G-R-E-L-L, grell. Google and it. it. Yeah, it was terrifying, and it traumatized <laughs> my character. And... Oh, Which man. and I had chosen way before you even before the session even started. I had chosen for that cook. She was a cook on this giant floating castle. I cho- I chose her to be the grill because I wanted a grill to in the thing, and <laughs> I just <laughs> can't believe you did it. I mean, okay. So the way I play, well, had been playing this character. He uh, basically, you know. 
attracted to anyone and anything didn't matter sexual orientation one way or the other male or female and he'd say hey well no now now, now that he knows but yeah he'd just be like oh yeah you know this person seems fun let's see if they're down and you know sometimes you know you want to roll to seduce another character and that particular time it really backfired for him Obviously, when you uh, sleep with a monster, it's going to traumatize you a little bit. Yeah. So he he is uh, so far. Well, it's been a good what, at least five or six sessions since that. Yeah. That he's yeah kind of kind of gone celibate, but not really, but kind of. But no, it's just little personality quips you make up for your characters like that. That. I don't know, just makes it a lot more fun. Oh. And you have a high charisma, so you're on your way to being a barbarian. Yeah, I know. And I and like that's what like I I know and now like I realize I probably shouldn't have given him such a high charisma. But at the same time, like I've had way more fun with him having high charisma than I probably if he was just like your standard run of the mill mm, grunty barbarian. Like I don't know. I just I don't know. It's one of the things that you can, when you create your character, you can like, like, for kind of foresee, like, how do you want to play this character? Because when you create your character, you give them what? Six stats strength, mm-hmm. dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Mm-hmm. Some classes, like uh, sorcerers, wizards, they require uh, high okay. intelligence or charisma to cast their spells. Okay. Uh, and characters like barbarians or fighters require higher strength because they're physical attackers. And then you have like rangers and rogues, uh, your dexterous attackers. And then, you know, obviously all kinds of other stuff like paladins, druids, bards. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some others, clerics. But yeah, it's just like depending on how you want to play your character. Warlocks. Yeah. Warlocks are so broken, though. Like, well, I don't say broken, but they get, they're the only class. Cause when, uh, as a caster, this is getting really in depth and nerdy here. <laughs> you can only cast so many spells per day. If you don't know, if you don't know what Eldritch Blast is, then. Yeah, it's, it's broke. It's, just Google Eldritch Blast. <laughs> but, uh, uh, casters such as like clerics, sorcerers, wizards, they can only cast so many, and I mean, warlocks as well can only cast so many spells in a day, and they can only get their spells back after they've taken an eight hour rest. With the exception of warlocks, they can get their spells back after a short rest, which is equivalent to one hour. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna go take a quick nap and then start blasting again while you guys like. I just I think that's kind of cheaty. It's not cheaty if you're because you as a barbarian, if your strength is higher, and you can basically not be hit, and then you have a high strength modifier, you can just fight all day and do so much damage <laughs> all day, and then you get shit like great weapon master that makes you hit even harder, and then you fight and then you attack recklessly so that you're like for sure gonna hit, and even if even though they get, a, I mean, barbarians are so much more broken than warlocks. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I basically hit on every turn, but I'm not doing a lot of damage. At least my strength mod's not. 
high enough. Even um, it's a plus four. But oh, your strength mod is plus four. Yeah. Well, you just but don't anyway. Roll well. No, I don't. You need great we- weapon master, like bad. Uh, but yeah, like there's just little different things about each different kind of class. Uh, with Bob's rogue, that he's also taken two levels in wizard. He's just like completely broken everything, and like when he does a basic hit, does forty plus damage, and it's just broken and it frustrates me. Well, yeah, I mean that's he can do that, but he can only do that when he's with you guys, and he can only do it once uh, before like shit around him starts noticing him, and then they start attacking him, and then he dies very quickly. Well, because I mean, he still gets sneak attack if uh, he has an ally within five feet of him. But until I mean, he's dead, <laughs> you don't get sneak attack when you're dead. <laughs> you sure don't. Uh, but yeah, anyway, like, yeah, man, that was a quick hour, pretty much. But that's just one of those things, you know. I can talk about D and D, probably the better part of a full day. It's I love it. I love everything that it has to offer. I love. As I mentioned, the social aspect of it, it's just, it's, and as I mentioned, it's a very good form of escapism, especially in this current uh, cultural climate we've got going on. Cause, you know, there isn't a lot to do out there. And yeah. But Baldur's Gate's out, and that's like playing DD, but you don't have to do a whole lot of uh, in real life stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of that, real quick before we start wrapping up. Uh, if you are a gamer, which I'm sure I'd say probably 80% of the people that listen to this play uh, games in some fashion or another, uh, there's a game called Divinity Original Sin 2 that is, well, I mean, and Original Sin 1, but Original Sin 2 is way better and does not follow any of the storylines from the first one. Uh, It is available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC on Steam. And as he already mentioned, Baldur's Gate 3. They are pretty much as close to Dungeons & Dragons as you can get in video game form. Well, Baldur's Gate is... I mean, it absolutely is, well, early access Dungeons & Dragons because it's not a full game yet. Um you can only play certain races or certain classes until the full game is released. And they said it's going to be at least another year before that happens. Wow. So yeah, if you want like to get, if you want to virtually dip your toe into dungeons and dragons, divinity, original sin two or Baldur's gate three and Baldur's gate three right now is only available on steam on PC. Uh, I would highly recommend checking those out. Um, but yeah, and if, if after listening to this, you find yourself slightly more interested and in wanting to get involved in D and D, feel free to shout, uh, you know, shout out to me or Jacob, because uh, I mean, I have no idea how long our current campaign is going to run, but I'm sure once we're done with that one, whenever that might be, we'll probably pick up another one. Uh-huh. So, so, and there's yeah. currently uh, one tape chair at the table available. So, well, you'd have to rearrange the room again. No, they can sit by the door. 
Well, I mean, they could, yeah. They're, yeah. Right now, where we currently play, yeah, there, there would be one seat open. But, you know, should... Also, you can have... I, could, I mean, if we had to, we could have three seats on each side and then one. So that would be seven players plus me. Yeah, I know. But that's a lot of people, especially in that one, that room. Well, my first long campaign, D, uh, Pathfinder campaign, was nine nine players and one DM. Mm. Man, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it took a long time to do pretty much anything. <laughs> and yeah, that's, and that's the thing. Like I was going to say a little earlier, but I kind of got uh, sidetracked. Right now, we have a group of four players in one DM. And it still takes y'all forever to do it. <laughs> I mean, it does, but that's kind of because, A, I won't say that we're dumb and just forget things. But I say it really allows for a good group dynamic. You guys just need of, somebody who's who's task-oriented. Yeah. And for, the, for, well, for us, for the most part, it's Kimmy. But at the same time, yeah. Because we're to, such... As often as I can to scoot you guys along. But. I know. I would say because our characters are such knuckleheads, it's like, yeah, she's like, you know, slapping her forehead. Like, why am I with these people? And, you know, me, me and Bob are usually just like, well, this and we, is. And we won't ever forget the roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, D&D is one of my favorite things. Absolutely, pretty much, I don't say ever, but within the last couple of years, my interest has grown tremendously, and I find myself like just wanting to get even more involved with, uh, like, oh, hell, I even tried now, to- now that you've seen, uh, because last year, year before that, uh, actually, it might have been even further back, you wanted to DM a Pathfinder game, yeah, after playing one campaign with JJ. Well, that was the only time I had played Pathfinder, but I had played like D and well, it was probably like 2.0 back in the late 90s with the Thaco scores. <laughs> it, it just been a really, really long time. But so, I do just, you th- do you think that you could DM right now? Uh, I think I could. That's good. And that's yeah. As a that's a thing. Like I said, one. I mean, I like I like DMing. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm, and you know, I don't want to say I'm good at it, but I'm I'm pretty I'm better than it. Most. I, I yeah, I would say. I mean, you you hold your own very well. Uh, but I also like being a player and uh, living in the world and being in the world and not not being having to be the world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of responsibility, and it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, because well, as the DM, like you are the storyteller. You are you're the, the world. You're the you're everything. The, yeah, I'm gonna say like you're every god. You're every yeah, blade the, of grass. Yeah, you're every, quote quote god unquote. Uh, you know. Yeah, you're the god of gods. You are the you are everything, and you have to control everything and and um uh paint a picture for everybody. That's Will Lutz is um one of the things that he was the best at as far as DMing and the reason that we were able to not use maps and not use um, figures and things like that is because he, his, his big two strengths were one, just uh, talking about the world and describing the world to you. So you knew exactly where you were, if you were paying attention. (laughs) Um, 
And two is um, Will Lutz. I don't know if anybody knows him, but he's a he's a fast talker, smooth smooth talker. He's, he's a car salesman, so that alone should tell you and, like his yeah. his charisma is like off the charts because he's just, off the charts charisma, and he yeah. can and you know he can uh, improv with the best of them, and that you have to be a you know you have to be able to improv with the uh, with your characters, uh, especially if you're making up your own NPCs. You have to embody a, a stupid cultist that left and then you have to be a <laughs> dragonborn a dragonborn sorcerer the next minute and then you have to be a half uh half elf dragon cultist who is a bitch and or, or a, a southern gentleman cook <laughs> a southern gentleman cook who turns out to be a demigod um, <laughs> i should have just gave him that telescope man <laughs> I mean, I wasn't the one arguing with him, so I'm hey. surprised. I'm surprised you didn't. I thought that for sure Brock was going to say, "Pete, I want to talk to you. Let me talk to you. I miss you." Nah, nah, he's, he, he knows better now. But he's uh, not a bad. He's not. Pete is not a bad guy. He's just a powerful demigod. I know, thing. but he wants he wants my character to go down a road he doesn't want to go down. But, uh, yeah, I uh, guess since we're at an hour and five minutes, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this one up. Uh, I know d and is super fun to talk about, super fun to get into. Uh, if like anybody, I said, anybody who wants to start their own game or start their own campaign or do uh, anything like that or just, just join a campaign that's already started, um, Hard Knocks Games Facebook group, you can just message them and say, are there any uh, campaigns going on right now that I can join? Or are there um, any uh, slots available for me to rent a D&D room? They have D&D rooms there that you can rent out. Um, invite all your friends over so they don't have to come over to your house to play D&D. As I say, yeah, I mean, if we do another campaign after we finish and like we do get some more people that would want to join, uh, I mean, that might be worth uh, looking into. To Yeah, it's only like 20 bucks a session. Yeah. Um, and I'm, not yeah, a big deal. I'm, yeah, that's chunk uh, change. you can use like while you're there. I'm, I'm, a th- I think I'm pretty sure you can just use. Yeah, no, I mean the tabletop players get to use it, so I don't see why the D and D players can't. But Wayne has all kinds of like buildings and trees and and uh, rocks and uh, environments that you can build your. Um, that your scenario for your, for your session. Yeah, uh, it's just it's well worth the money, and um, and I I think that. Uh, Definitely well worth the money. So yeah, shout out to Hard Knocks Games, Biology yeah. Nerd Shit. There, yeah, Wayne, Adam, shout outs. Uh, <laughs> Listen to the fucking podcast, Adam. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, with uh, yeah, Bear Ponders Games. He does game reviews. We mentioned him, yeah. I think, last time. I'm not gonna read any of your reviews about games. But uh, uh, no, I love like, Adam. He's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, if if you are interested in D and D, want to get uh, started up just give me or jacob a shout i'm sure we'd be more than willing to help you out or if you're kind of interested but you're not sure you want to play uh i don't know maybe you can just like kind of i don't say hang out at one guest of our star. sessions you can guest star in a, in a session just yeah, build a yeah, character just, in two seconds on D beyond and try yeah your best. yeah join join up for one of our sessions see if you like it maybe i don't know uh but yeah uh Love D&D if uh, you're not super familiar. If this, if you made it to the end, 
you're obviously somewhat interested if you're not already familiar with it. Uh, if you turn this one off back at minute mark 20, then yeah, you're not interested in D and D. But once again, we pivoted. We're going to talk about something, changed it. And now we had a great time. What were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about TV shows, but like in general, you know, just some of our favorites, some of the ones we think that we should tell for people that haven't watched them. Like we highly recommend these shows, uh, in recent times, you know, these are the ones that we've watched that we think are just really, really good and stuff like that. Yeah. D and D is a lot more fun to is a lot more fun to talk about. So <laughs> it's fantastic, and uh, it, it it might with the shit that we were saying and the shit that we're that I pull out of my ass constantly about stats and things like that. Um, even even I'm wrong sometimes, most of the time, you know. And then Bob will try to say, uh, "Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that it's this and things like that." Um, one, it's it's up to your discretion. You can. You can play how you want to play and do what you want to do, but also reading of the rules is if anybody's ever played Magic the Gathering or, um, I mean, any game really with like text-based stuff, um, the way you read something and interpret it, like when we played Zombicide, we were playing Zombicide wrong for five years straight. <laughs> yeah, I know, we yeah. weren't interpreting the rules correctly. Um, we do, yeah, we do that a lot. We're bad at that. Uh, yeah, and we just... <laughs> Uh, everybody does it and then you get these little like homebrewy type things going on and and shit like that um so don't worry don't be a stickler and don't worry about you know not following the rules exactly because as long as you're having a good time you're playing a game Mm -hmm. and Hasbro is happy to have your money yeah right (laughs) they uh yeah they own wizards of the coast which owns dungeons and dragons but, Shout uh, out to Hasbro, who's box uh, <laughs> like eighty four dollars right now. I think. Nice. Well, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, this one was really nerdy, considering it was all D anD. d But uh, we hope. Uh, I don't think anybody's out there like, man, I can't wait they, for them to not say something nerdy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah if, you, if you've made it through six of our podcasts at this point, you know who we are. You know, eighty seven sixty Hasbro's stock is eighty seven sixty right now for sure. Mm. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you uh, for Episode 7. Yep. Uh, Everybody be careful.